The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Positive Talk Radio. It is a Wednesday. It's a beautiful day outside here. I hope it's a nice day wherever you are because uh, we are all over the world. And how is it in St. Louis? actually kind of cool today uh, cool for here we've been in the hundreds so now that today's in the 80s it actually feels nice <laughs> <laughs> the 80s huh that's that's today it is uh going to be like 85 for us and tomorrow's gonna be like 94 and and so we are under a heat advisory um and stuff it probably doesn't you don't get those until it's like 120 or something yeah, I think it's well over 100 before we get a heat advisory. And we had quite a few this summer. In fact, I've noticed we've been getting these alerts that the Farmer's Almanac says because of the how extreme our summer was, we're now supposed to be hunkering in for a really extreme winter of real lots of snow, lots of cold. So, uh, I tell I tell you, of course, you know, the the climate isn't changing. Uh-uh. No, well, no, not. no, not a bit. No, it's. It. Because <laughs> I was just re reading today that there are people in Los Angeles and and that are downstream of the Colorado River that have been told that they now have to conserve water because they're running the Colorado River is running out of water. Oh yeah. So it's, we, it's, were, it, we were just in Vegas uh, a couple months ago, and boy, Lake Mead is so low. So, I've never seen it so low in my. I, I lived in. The West for a long time, and I've seen Lake Mead a hundred times. I've never seen it like this. In fact, a couple of the cities that were buried when they when they filled the canyon, when they built the dam, have that cities have come up. And I don't know if you've heard the stories, but barrels with bodies in them have been showing up as well. Yep, it is so low that uh, people that that um, I assume that the mob in the past. Uh, when they did somebody in, they put them in a barrel and threw them into the water and probably 20, 25 feet or something like that. And now the, they've been exposed. Three of them now yeah. have, have been exposed. So, so now at least they can get a proper burial and all that kind of good stuff. But goodness, <laughs> goodness gracious. So, so, Kevin, did you ever work in the uh, the food industry? Oh, interestingly, you should say that. I worked in the food industry for 30 years. Well, they talk about that 86, something's been 86. Yeah. And that comes from the Vegas terminology of go 80 miles out and put them six feet under. Oh, is that where that comes from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a restaurant. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, when you're out of something, it's 86. So or we're going to 86 you. <laughs> those of who have not been blessed enough to work in the food industry may not understand what 86 is. <laughs> It was it was funny. I was talking with a gentleman yesterday who lives in in uh, Yakima. By the way, I should set this up. But we, Tracy and I have become very good friends on the radio. Tracy Hemingway from Hemingway Hypnosis is our guest, and we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about some stuff that'll be very interesting. Uh, and and uh, I, you know, LSD and and uh, um, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, psychedelics psychedelics that's what i was looking for i i see and i grew up in the 60s so i know all about psychedelics but and at least at least in pictures and stuff but but no i i i was in the restaurant business so long ago that i opened up a denny's in uh union gap uh, um which is right outside of uh um yakima and 
that restaurant operated for 40 years and is now closed and gone. And I, so I'm still here, but, uh, but I, 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 my restaurant career was so bad that restaurants that I helped build are now closed and gone. So, you know, what do you do? But anyway, uh, it's great to see you again. Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking to you. Well, I got to tell you, you are a, a very popular young lady. You on YouTube, the last episode that we did together has 2,800 views. Well, good. I'm excited. I guess I paid all my family members enough to watch it enough time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, and when they watched it, what did they say? Did they have positive comments? Yeah, it was funny because my uh, my mother was walking and she put it on her headset and listened to it the whole time. And I said, you listen to the whole thing? And she said, yeah, some of the stuff that comes out of your mouth. I'm just amazed at what comes out of your mouth. <laughs> she still thinks I'm six. You know, our moms um, always think we're still just, you know, 15 or 16, whatever. So it's always nice to hear him say, I had no idea you thought that way. <laughs> Or that you were that smart. Or <laughs> well, that, that would be a stretch, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you are a hypnotherapist, and last time, and you can go to the episode on positivetalkradio.net, then uh, that was in July, and we talked quite a little bit about uh, um, uh, past life regression and life between lives, which is part of the work that you do, and also how people want to be Cleopatra from a past life, but but a lot of times they discover that the problems they're really having came from this life. That happens a lot. Uh, I'll, I'll have patients reach out to me for a past life regression, and when we really get down and start talking, and so just so you know, in my practice, the first session with everybody is three hours long. Oh wow! I know that sounds crazy. But think about your your life is like a tree. And so you got all these branches up here that are like your significant others and your friends and your kids and your parents and your siblings and your and your bills and your house and your neighbors and your church and your work and your blah, 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 blah. And you've got all these branches. And then you've got a trunk of the tree that's you. And if you aren't strong, healthy, vibrant, energetic, there is no freaking way you're keeping all those branches up. But the reality is, is the root of that tree and the roots are usually bigger than what you see above the ground. And the roots of those, that tree is every single moment in your life up until this moment in time is in your roots. And so when I talk to people and we talk for three hours, we it's amazing. This transition happens that we go from the branches about an hour, within an hour, we start getting into the trunk. And within about an hour, we start making our way into the roots. And so then all of our follow-up sessions, we go right into the roots. You know, we'll have that 10 minutes. So how was your week? And then we go right into, let's talk about this. And the reason being is anybody who's gone to traditional therapy, you know, you spend an hour up here in the branches. And just as you're getting to the good stuff, it's like, oh, yeah, we'll see you next week. And you come back and you spend all that time in the branches again. Yeah, and you have to re regurgitate half of what you talked about last week to get to this week. Exactly. So what I do is we spend three hours, and it's amazing, Kevin, because some people, we never even get to hypnosis. No one's ever held space and allowed someone to tell their whole story. And they're feeling better because someone has let them tell their whole story. Hey, I got to ask you, because this, this happened to my uh, my former wife was um she was she was very closed uh about her past about her feelings on a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of did i say a lot a lot of issues <laughs> and and uh somebody um and it was in a group setting but somebody looked at her and said i want you to know i care i i want to know what's going on with you on a deep level she started crying and could not stop and didn't never got to the question that he to answer the question that he was asking but are there people that you find that are like that that have never nobody's ever gone and asked them what's your what is really going on with you and and they're so closed that they can't even verbalize it and they just break out into tears 
it happens more often than than not. Um, I I tell everyone on the first session, make sure you have tissues, uh, because not only are they telling their story, but because I'm paying very close attention. I mean, my phone goes in the other room. They get my 100% focus for what's that? I, I don't even know. 180 100, minutes. 180 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they get my 100% attention for 180 minutes. And I sometimes will pick up and I'll say, you know, I, I do this a lot because they'll get going and I'll go, hold on. Do you see that this thing that happened when you were 12 sounds very similar to this thing that happened when you were 34? And they're like, I have no idea. No, I never saw that, but you're exactly right. That same exact thing happened. And do you now see that now that you're 52, you're living that story? And it's like, oh. <laughs> but it's because no one let them tell the story of when they were 12 and when they were 34 to see that when they're 52, all this is still coming up. They're still fighting with 12-year-old Kevin. 12-year-old Kevin's got an opinion and he wants to be heard. And so now you're 52 and 12-year-old Kevin's still driving the bus. And so we really have to kind of go in there and say, can you see that this is going on? And most people have never drawn those parallels of what happened when they were four and 14 and 28 are all connected. I would say it's it's really is remarkably true. One of these days, I should get into a session with you, and and talk to you about an event that happened when I was ten, that uh, um, that I don't know. On, on honestly sitting here, I could not tell you what kind of an impact it had on my life, either positively or negatively. I I just don't I just don't know. The only thing that I know is that I was angry with my brother for doing it. Um, but, but is even this that brother that passed, you do have a brother that passed, right? Yeah, this is the, the brother that, that passed. But just to tell you the story real quick, um, and to, and to see if if in your opinion there are under there can be underlying issues around all of that, is that when I was ten, it was nineteen sixty eight. My parents took my mom and my sister went to see the graduate, um, but they thought that we were too young for that, so they. So, so they sent us to yeah you probably were at 10 <laughs> yeah well they sent us to uh um planet of the apes with uh charlton heston and those guys and uh maybe the in, graduate would have been more appropriate <laughs> may have been. It was certainly more useful and uh um so during the previews there was a clint eastwood movie that was just out it was called hang em high and that so that was at the same time period and we used to have an apricot tree in our backyard and so I, I watched that and, and enjoyed it and stuff like that. Well, my brother took a rope and he put it around one of the limbs of the, of the um, apricot tree. And there was a loop at the other end and there was a ladder next to it. And that he'd used to, to uh, uh, you know, tie the rope into the, into the tree. And so me being 10, and I was play acting and was pretending that I was going to be hung uh, in the uh, um, on, you know, the by, by the noose. And so I climbed up the ladder and I put my head through the noose and my brother pulled the ladder away. Thank and, God you to talk to me today. <laughs> and he uh, pulled the ladder away and. Uh, um, Obviously, I was choking, and yeah. so he it's so that scared him, and so he put the ladder back, and 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 stuff. And at that point, I had a rope burn from my left ear to my right ear, all the way across, and um, and so he then took the little those remember those little band aids band aid brand oh, yeah, the teeny tiny ones yeah teeny, he took those and he put band-aids all around my neck because he didn't want my mom to see uh what he'd done and uh and so he, he then we went inside and she said what's 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 going on with your neck and then we explained what what he did he didn't get into trouble for it uh there was no there didn't seem to be any repercussions and um 
So over the time, it became kind of a uh, funny haha story that my my brother hung me by the neck, and he also, uh, in my youth, put me in the dryer and turned it on. I don't know if you've, if you've ever had that happen to you, but that that's a lot of fun. And uh, um, and he used to shove grass up my nose and 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 you know because he was bigger, he was eighteen months older, and uh, and stuff like that. And I've always wondered through the course of that if there was some residual effect it had on me that i'm not aware of until i get triggered by it does that make sense oh absolutely that would be a huge triggering event yeah so i I, and i don't know because then i i don't get angry often um i'm i'm a pretty pretty even keel person generally speaking but uh I, I've never, I've always wondered how, how, how that would have affected uh, a, a normal person, uh, you know, and, and, but even I'll finish by telling you this, I buried it for a long time. And yeah. then when I found out my brother was uh, sick with uh, stage four lung cancer um, and I wanted to know what he was 12 at the time, what were you thinking? When you pulled the ladder away and I was hanging by my neck, what would mo- what would motivate a 12-year-old boy under any circumstances to do that? And he never, we never had that conversation. Wow. And so, so he passed and we never had that conversation. So I honestly don't know if he, how dysfunctional of a person he was or what the deal was. But at the end of his life, that came back in a big way. Cause I really wanted, I really wanted to know. And he never, he never said, he never said, you know, I'm really sorry for what I did. And I don't, what I was thinking at the time was this. And uh, it was obviously a horrible thing to do and stuff like that. He never said any of that stuff. So, and, but it affected our relationship for our. Oh, sure entire- it did. And I'm sure it affected the relationship with your parents. To me, it's like, you're not punishing him for this. Don't you ever say one word about t- skipping school. If I don't get in trouble for trying to murder my brother, skipping school, don't ever bring it up. <laughs> well, and I was a little put out by I was a little put out by that because I got into trouble for everything and uh, and got spent a long time in my room and all that kind of stuff. But I so I just didn't, you know, and I think we all have got these triggering moments, these moments that we can recall in our life that is like that but i it would be interesting to spend three hours with you and to get into the deep 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 things of of where where that how that affected me over time so something like that that you have a very specific event uh it's like when i work with ptsd clients because that that would be a ptsd event and we would work on it together and a lot of times when i work with people especially that have family members that are past and they didn't receive closure. In hypnosis, we do what's called gestalt therapy. Are you familiar with gestalt therapy? I think I've heard of it, but I don't know it. So basically, we would put you in hypnosis, and we would put you in a safe place in your subconscious mind, and we would literally ask your brother to come and sit in the chair in front of you. And then... You would ask him questions and then you would be him and you would answer the questions back to me. And it's, it's a way to therapy you even when they're past that I would be like, Kevin, tell your brother exactly how you feel about this. And boy, I've had, I've had clients yell, scream, literally like punch. I keep a big pillow in my therapy chair. They need to punch the pillow. Um, And it's, we really allow you to work it out because carrying it with you when they are already gone and passed serves you in no purpose. Correct. And yeah, it doesn't serve any purpose. And in order to heal that trigger, you need to allow yourself to get very angry at that person or ask, what the hell were you thinking? Now, you and I have similar beliefs that I really believe that if you ask your brother to come, 
his presence is in, is with you in your yes. mind. I really do believe that. And I see real healing in Gestalt therapy. I use it quite a bit. And it's when you can really talk to that person or, you know, sometimes there was an event in your life and you don't even know how to track down those people and you need to just get it out. And sometimes when I say, what do they say back? And they're like, they don't say anything. And I say, okay, what do you need them to say back to you? And because there are times where people just kind of get stuck and I say, and so you've said this all to your grandma. What does she say back? And nothing. She's just staring at me. It's like, <laughs> okay. Well, what do you need your grandma to say to you? And I don't, I don't and, think there's a grandma in the world that would keep her mouth shut. If you, if you start. <laughs> well, again, once you kind of get the subconscious rolling, it's amazing what comes out. But sometimes they're just kind of stuck. They're they, and the one thing about hypnosis is like if you think you're making it up, doesn't matter. Your subconscious mind is making stuff up all day long. You know, everything's about perception to your subconscious mind. And so, if you feel like you're making it up, that's okay because your subconscious is going to show you what you need to see to heal you. It's not going to show you what I need to see. It's going to show you what you need to see. And so we go there, your subconscious, and it'll zig. You know, I, I'm a great guide. I'll be like, okay, here's where we're going. Here's where you're going. The subconscious goes, oh, oh, no, we're going over here. <laughs> and that happens every once in a while. And, I, you know, we'll zig instead of zag. It's kind of like I'm the tour bus driver, you know. I'm, and now over here to the right. And the bus driver goes, nope, we're turning left. And so that's okay. That's the one thing about my training. Having the year-long training that I had, you zig and I zag, and we're going to get there no matter which which way we go. Because I will tell you, there's a lot of times I'm guiding you one way and you decide to go somewhere else. Have you ever tried to do it, uh, um, to do a, a hypnosis session over Zoom? Oh, 95% of my hypnosis sessions are on Zoom. Have you ever done it on a podcast? Over <laughs> Zoom? I would happily do it with you. However... Your subconscious is not going to let you say the crap that really needs to come out of your mouth when there's ways that it can be judged. So you would have to shut off the filming and I will happily help you in whatever way you need help. But your subconscious will still always protect you. Your subconscious has two jobs in this world, Kevin, and it is to keep you safe and to keep you comfortable. And if Talking out, it's not going to help you stay safe. It won't let you do it. That is, that is so interesting. I, we should, I, next time you come on, so I can make sure that you come back, um, we're going to talk about We're going I would like to do that. I would like to do it on the air. Okay. And, and do a, a bit of a hypnosis session with you. And then I'll get comfortable because you know what was interesting while you were talking about this? Um, what, what do you call it again? Gestalt therapy. Just, I can't even say it, but I, I can do it. German um, word, you know, you got to have the right accent. <laughs> yes. And while you were talking and, and you were saying, and you asked the question, why did you do that? Yeah. Or why do you think you did that? And I, I got an answer back from him. I'm pretty sure. And it was because I hated your little ass. And that's probably how he would have spoken to you. It, it, it was because, see, when we were kids, I was a bit of an athlete. I played ball. He played ball for a little bit, but wasn't nearly as good as I was. And my dad was interested in kids that played ball. He was a middle. There were lots. There was lots of ch childhood. There wasn't physical abuse, but there was a lot of mental abuse. Uh, holding you down and sticking grass up your nose is physical abuse. So well, good, <laughs> good point. I hadn't. Had, <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't hadn't thought of that in a while. Yeah, so no, it and because I was younger, now it didn't make me tougher, um, but that's that's, but he never got into trouble for any of that stuff um, that he he used to do. So it was it was it was bizarre. I mean, he's he's passed now, and I can tell you that he was a little. 
he did something. To, we had an older sister, and uh, I would have never thought about doing this in my entire life, ever, not once. He went into her closet and waited for her to come in so that when she was changing, he, he and she discovered him in her closet while she was changing clothes. It was the most bizarre thing I'd ever heard about. I didn't hear about it for years later, but it was like that. So, you know, and I, I get the fact that they, he had issues and stuff, but uh, he must have. Um, and it's, it's, it's too bad that uh, we never were able to clear up some of those things. Um, we can now because I, in my belief structure, he's now on the other side. He has gone through or is in the process of going through all the things that he did to other people and is having to relive all of that. And, and so, and is. <laughs> he's feeling your feelings. He's feeling the way they, so he's on that other side. And because he now has that eternal perspective of things, it's like he can feel how he made you feel. Yeah. Now my associate Holly has been, I, see that. <laughs> I think, I think I've said too much because she's, she's now going to, going to be like, I don't think I want you. You're nuts. I don't think I want to work with you anymore. But anyway, um, you know, but, it's funny, Kevin, because I will be doing something like a straightforward parts session in hypnosis. So if you think about, there's lots of parts of you, there's a part that's a dad, there's a part of you that's a husband. There's a part of you that's a neighbor. You know, we got all, all these parts. And I'm always amazed when I'm doing part sessions and dead loved ones come in. Because guess what, Kevin? You're a part of your mom and your mom's a part of you. And you're a part of your grandma and she's a part of you. So when dead loved ones come in in a part session, I'm not even surprised anymore. In the beginning, I was. But because I'm thinking, how is this person a part of you? But of course they are. Exactly. Um, and so it is not uncommon for family members that have passed to jump in in all sorts of sessions. I don't even have to ask them to come. When you have kind of shut down your conscious mind and open up the subconscious mind, and I don't, I don't put this in people's mouths. I don't say, oh, Kevin, I sent your brothers here. I don't say that at all. I say, Kevin, what do you see in front of you? My brother. <laughs> okay, well. Let's talk to your brother. What's going on here? And that's the one thing about when you allow that consciousness to, to relax and you allow your subconscious mind to open up to all the possibilities, infinite worlds, possibilities. It's amazing what shows up. It really is. I've been, I've been under hypnosis before and I've talked to my spirit guides and she was, she was kind enough to, um, do a dictation of what what I'd said, and I'm sure you do the same thing with somebody so that you can that you can they can recall it later. I was absolutely amazed at what actually came out of my face. It, it was not only in many cases astute; it was actually right on to what was a concern that I came into there with, and they answered it rather than the hypnotherapy or the hypnotherapist ever having to answer it. So oh, no, we don't have the answers. You have all the answers inside of you. You all I'm here is to unlock that vault. You don't it I mean it's it's coaching, it's everything. You have it all inside of you. I I don't come to you with the answers. I I just have the key to let you get relaxed enough to find them. And you ask the great questions that that leads you down down that road speaking of going down that road we got off on a tangent we do this every time what um, a shock. <laughs> but we were going to talk about hallucinogenics yes. and and i really want to get into this because um at one time and some people may not realize this you can look it up it is right there in the dictionary or not in the dictionary, but the encyclopedia. But LSD originally was designed as a psychotherapy drug. Oh, um, and it was fabulous. It was fabulous in the 50s and 60s. And it's still utilized in Europe <coughs> as a psychotherapy drug. But do you know why it disappeared? Well, it was outlawed in the United States. Yeah, do you know why? Um, no, why? 
Okay, so in the 40s and 50s, it was this miracle drug. It was bringing people a sense of peace and a sense of calm to these people who had had depression and anxiety and rage for decades, and they were given this medication, and it opened up all of these peaceful channels. Well, so then in the 60s, uh, it becomes a little recreational, and people start using it, and, you know, all of a sudden, it's people are all peace and love, and everything's great. And so, if you remember, in the late 60s, we were in the middle of a war. And Nixon was having real difficulty getting people to want to go fight these horrible humans on the other side of the planet in their own country. But, you know, Nixon couldn't get them to go there. And the reason he couldn't, so they did a little research, was these people who had been doing LSD, they were all about peace and love. They had no desire to go shoot somebody. They'd rather go to jail then go shoot a child or drop a bomb on a, on a village. And so Nixon got so outraged that this is the only time this has ever happened, Kevin. They not only made it illegal recreationally, but he removed it from the pharmaceuticals and outlawed any research. All the research was still being done. Switzerland and and. Sweden and over in Europe, they're still researching. They still use this medication. But Nixon was like, I cannot get these young men to go to war. We cannot have this as a pharmaceutical, can't have it as recreational. And I'm going to outlaw it so much, there is no longer any research done. Right now, yeah, about 20 years ago, right now, Johns Hopkins is the leader in had to get really special permission of like literally going to the Senate and the Congress to ask for permission to, to work with this medication again. And it's just astonishing to me. And so I work with people and it's called psychedelic integration. So where they go and they have an ayahuasca trip or an ayaboga or uh, ketamine. Ketamine is now very popular. LSD, uh, magic mushroom, psilocybin. There's, there's about a dozen of them out there. And people go and they open up this part of their brain, their soul, their mind, their energy. They open all of this up and then they get sober again. And they say, how the hell am I supposed to make A and B come together and make a whole. And so they come, they search for what's called integration. And the first client of mine three or four years ago that I had seen her for some childhood issues. And then she went to Costa Rica and, and did ayahuasca. And she came back and she said, I'd really like to work with you to figure out what happened. And I looked at her and went, I don't know what happened. <laughs> so then I started doing research about integrating this as a part of my practice. And as I have done this, um, there's so much of this going on. And, and now I know in Oregon, the state right next to you, I'll, this is all legal uh, in small amounts. This is all legal. And so integration happens when people go on these trips when they come back and they've had an amazing spiritual experience or an amazing physical or energetic experience and they say how do i bring this together and learn from all the stuff that i just experienced so i've i've now worked with people who've done four or five of them and there's a great book out there called how to change your mind and I read this book and he did all of them. It's the author is Michael Pollan. And he experienced all the different types. And after reading that, that was when I said, okay, I really need to know what I'm doing here. <laughs> and I, I looked at a lot of the, the schools out there. And of course they all say, well, if you haven't done it yourself, how can you be integrating? And it's tough because I, once I kind of understood what was going on, 
I never advertised that I did this, but people sought me out because they had seen me for other things and said, we know you're spiritual. We know you, you've researched all this stuff. Will you please do integration with us? And so I have made it a part of my practice. And I was, and I asked you, Kevin, if you had ever done it. And no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm now I'm, I am a child of the sixties. Right. So I remember the late sixties. And I remember the the you know like Kate Ashbury and and uh, the peace and love and and that and there were lots and lots of people that and apparently you know even the Beatles my favorite my favorite band of all time prior to you can see if you look at the music that they did prior to 1966 and the music that they did after 1966 including Strawberry Fields Forever which was a, a a wildly different type of song than they had ever done before. And, and John Lennon said it was because of a LSD trip that he took. Yeah. And it just, it just changed the whole thing. And a lot of it, it changed a lot of people, but then it got shut down. And they, then they was talking about the, you know, it's like the, how they used to talk about pot. It's like the demon, demon, devil, weed, pot will will drive you crazy, and it'll, it'll, you know. There was even the what was it? Reefer Madness was a yeah, was, in the fifties, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so they did the same thing with uh, LSD. So they convinced people like me that you could take a bad trip, and then you're going to jump off a building, and you you know and all this kind of stuff. And so I don't know whether that's the. I have no idea. So you you're talking to a somebody in virgin territory here. I have no earthly idea about any of it, but you actually had to do a trip, didn't you? I did. I did. I did um, psilocybin mushrooms. Um, I did it actually as a part of a a church uh, ceremony that this is part of their religious practice. I traveled to go do that. And I honestly, I was okay. We all had to state our purpose, you know, why are you going on this journey? And I will tell you, they had them in tablets. So I didn't have to taste the like muddy water that people talk about. It was all in tablets. And you could take as little as one tablet that was like a microdose up to 10 tablets. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I went in, I'm like, uh, the, uh, I'll, I'll do four. <laughs> I said, round number. what's between small and medium? And he said, small is three, medium is six. I said, I'll do four. Uh, so <laughs> that was, that was, that was as far as I went. Uh, but my stated purpose was I want to have an, a frank and in-depth conversation with my higher self. I really want to just be able to ask my higher self, spirit guide. I just want to have that conversation. And so of course, you know, I take my, my four pills and within an hour, I'm zoning out. Okay. Stop, stop right there. What does it feel like when you start? It, 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 does it feel like, like a pot high or a, a, a booze high or is it? Um, so it felt, it, mine felt more like a pot high, except my my eyes were like i i went and sat i was having difficulty laying in the dark room where everybody was laying in the dark room so there was a little vestibule in this church and i sat down and there was a window behind me that had like a christmas tree ornament that looked like the earth and there was a piece of art on the wall and the way the sun was coming in it looked like the sun behind the earth and it was reflecting on the glass of this piece of art. And I was just staring at it and just, I mean, it was like so fascinatingly beautiful. And this piece of art was very simplistic. It was some fabric that just had some pleats in it that had pleats that came up like an arch. It was very simplistic and to have this reflection of the earth. And so, all right, Kevin, this happened. I'm sitting there staring intently at this picture and it fell off the wall. (laughs) Yeah. Freaked me out. I can understand why. And of course they come running out of the, 
the area where everybody else is laying down in the dark. And I'm like, I didn't touch it. It just fell off the wall. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, what did I do? So I get myself all in this space and I'm like, okay, I want to have an authentic dialogue with my highest self. And she basically said, bitch, we talk all day. Oh my God. <laughs> We have a dialogue all day long. She said, have I, have you ever asked me a question and I haven't instantly given you the answer? And I thought, no. She's like, we talk all day. And I'm thinking, I spent $250 for this. <laughs> so, but I mean, I really did have an authentic conversation with my highest self. And I said, but isn't this supposed to be like some big, you know, eye-opening experience and they and she said to me you know if you aren't having a dialogue with your higher self it is a big eye-opening experience but you talk to me all day you're constantly asking me questions and asking for clarification and I'm constantly talking back to you and it's like oh okay it, so there's I'm not missing out on anything apparently she's like no no you just because I have conversations all day with my higher self. And I, I mean, even before this meeting, I said, what should we talk about? And she was like, let's talk about that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> which is, which is really a good thing to talk about because, yeah. you know, it's kind of like hush, hush, hidden in the dark kind of thing. And uh, it, it needs to come out because somehow we've taken hallucinogens and, and making it like you're out of your mind or it's not real, whatever it is. But what I'm hearing you tell me is that it heightens your, the reality of what you're feeling. It really did. It, it heightened all my, my sensitivity to sound to, to what I was seeing. Um, and I, you know, I thought, so my daughter was with me. She was there as well. And my daughter is 37. It's not like I was taking a seven-year-old. So <laughs> now, does your 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 daughter obviously knows how you feel about stuff? And, oh yeah, oh and, yeah. And she must be kind of of the same mind. She she is, and it was funny because the only like maybe psychedelic thought I had was when we were laying on the floor, we were next to each other, and I had flip flops, so my head was by her feet, my feet were up by her head, and I looked over at her feet. And I thought, I made those from scratch in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so that was about the only psychedelic thought I had, I guess. Um, it was, I'm glad I did it. It honestly just felt like I had maybe eaten three pot gummies. So I was just a little more high, you know, really high. Um, uh, I had always thought I needed to go to Peru or Costa Rica with a shaman and do ayahuasca. And my husband still tells me he'll hold my hair back while I vomit for six hours because that's part of ayahuasca. Um, but I don't know if I need to do it anymore because I don't feel like there's any mystery in it that I can't just already ask. I don't need, I don't need the veil removed to ask the questions. You know, isn't it interesting that uh, someone like yourself that, you know, because ultimately you were just seeking validation, but you got the validation that what you were getting, the messages and the conversations that you're having back and forth with your higher self and, and, um, and others is real. Yeah. And since you believe and know it to be real, you don't have to verify it anymore. No, it was, like I said, it was quite funny because my higher self just was like, why did you have to do this? <laughs> and I'm thinking, but you're right. It's that human need for validation. Uh, you know, am I missing out? Is there some big magical experience I'm missing out on? And it's like, no. Now, what I really want to know is, did she really say, hey, listen, bitch. You did. <laughs> She's like, bitch, really? Come on. We got this. We're... And I mean, it was very funny, um, but yeah, it's, and I, but I use that word a lot and it's, it's more of a term of endearment, you know, than a, 
we don't we don't use that as a bad word at my house. Bitch is not a bad word at my house. So no, my my point there is is that see we've got this. I believe it's a misconception that the our higher self and our guides on the other side and the angels that are around us we tend to think that they're of a higher nature so therefore they're they have purity of thought and they don't swear they don't they're they're not particularly funny uh because they they're you know not any of the things that that we would consider a lower level like if somebody was very humorous of what they did or or something but but what you're telling me and i i believe it to be true is that that we are they are very much like us and they talk to us the way we would want to be talked to they do um yeah and and the funny thing is is the message has never changed you know i listen to uh, abraham hicks every once in a while something will pop up in my youtube and i'm like i've been listening to this person for I don't know, 30 years now, the message has never changed. But why we as humans don't change? We don't change. Yeah. But the message never changes. You have all of the answers within you. You have the ability to do whatever it is that your heart, your mind, your soul wants to do. We we have all, that message has never changed. If you've ever listened to Abraham Hicks, the message never changes, ever. Not one bit? No, the vocabulary changes, but the message doesn't. And I'm, I'm just always amazed. Like I said, every every once in a while, something will come across and I'm cleaning or and it'll show up on my YouTube and I'll be like, oh, let's hear what's going on today. And just every time I'm like, the message never changes. Why? But it's that validation, Kevin. She fills, fills arenas when she shows up. Because people need that validation that yep. you are special. You are important. You belong to this universe and you are a cog in this universal wheel. But we need that validation to feel like it's true instead of just knowing, knowing it's true. John Edward, love a him. successful medium. Yeah, love him. Wonder, wonderful guy. He makes a living on the insecurity of other humans. Because if you recognize a couple things, in, in my, at least in my world, and I know grief is a, is a thing. It's and grief, grief, yeah. And it, it is a huge deal. But from where I sit, and having worked with hypnotherapists and, and with uh, um, Michael Newton and, and lots, of, lots of others and lots of mediums and stuff, I know that when we die when i when on my last day here i'm going to be looking forward to what's next because there is going to be a what's next and that i will get to see all the people that that i choose to see on the other side i'm not sure about my brother we'll talk about that but uh i will get to see all all the folks and so when somebody passes away um when clearly when somebody passes away from an accident or they take their own life or they do something something that is not that doesn't serve their purpose that's different than somebody that is 90 years old and can't move like my dad was 76 when he passed and he couldn't move the way he did in his youth and it was never going to get any better then it was in my mind it was like he's much better off leaving this world and going to the next and I, I, I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. And I know you do, too. I do. And, you know, my husband has lost both his parents in the last um, seven, eight years. And he said, I feel closer to them now that they're gone. He said, I talk to them all the time. And they come and see me in my dreams. And I talk to them and I can hear them. And he said, and, and yet my husband is the first one to say, let's go see John Edward. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know why I like to see him? Is, the validation is, again. Again, the validation of, um, and even when, I told you the story when he was on the show, didn't I? I know he's been on your show, but I don't think you've ever shared with me about the experience you had. It was it was really very interesting. One of the things that that um, a lot of scientifically minded people will say is that someone like a John Edward is he's doing what's called a cold reading. 
where he is guessing stuff and he is making it up and then or he's validating what you say and he's 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 maneuvering you in a way that can make you think that he is talking to the other side when in fact he's not and and he's just making it up and stuff like that well this is my experience with john edward I get this. I get this message because I was doing positive to, or um, my independence report at the time, and this message from his publicist because he was coming to Seattle. This is just before COVID or right when COVID was starting. Okay. And uh, he said that you have a radio show out of Seattle, and we would like to book John on that show. And we picked a date and time, and it was great. And uh, I got a, I got a whole hour with him. Wow, um, that's awesome. It really was. Now in those days. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. I didn't really have an audience to call on, uh, like I do at KKNW. And now here I have a regular audience that if, if they knew John Edward was going to be here, there'd be 20 or 30 or 40 people here. So I had to set it up. I had to set up. I was, so I called some friends. Uh, I'm having John Edward on the show. Do you want to be on the show? Yes. Hell yes. Come on. <laughs> One of which was my sister. Now, John, John has a routine that he says that, uh, well, he doesn't read people that work on the show or family of the show because it can cause inherently cause problems. So I didn't tell him that my sister was going to be one of the callers and he didn't know that my sister was going to be one of the callers. So the day of the show, John is a busy man. He's done media a ton. So he was supposed to be there at 10. He calls in at nine 59 and a half. So I have no time to talk to him. Right. To go right into the show. We're going to do the hour show. And then, and then at, at uh, 11, at 10, 59 and a half, he's out. Right. So, I mean, he, so we didn't have a chance to decompress or do any of that. So first one up was my sister. He starts reading about my grandfather, my other grandfather, what they died of my grandmother, what she died of. Um, she started talking about, my uh, sister has close people that are still alive named R. And my sister was like, by the way, you get really nervous when you're talking to a guy like that. Yeah. And you forget that your husband starts with R. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, you must have heard this story before. No, because... but I, I know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> because she said, well, I have a, a brother named Randy. And she forgot that she had a husband named Roger. <laughs> And well, and then he, says Robert came to me, but not Robert came. So. <laughs> and and so um, and he he t- tells her about May, which is her birthday is in May. Her two grandchildren's birthday is in May. Very important date and and stuff. And so she wraps it up finally, and we go on to another caller. And um, I talked to my sister afterward, and he was so spot on; it was amazing. And I talked to her a little bit later. And she goes, that was really something. I don't know how he did that. But now over time, she is less committed to that. That was the absolute truth and that they did come through and that they are okay and that everything is fine on the other side. She didn't take that from it because it was apparently that's a leap too far and which is, which is okay. Um, but for me, because I was the host and I was li- watching him, I was watching her and, and, and the other callers that I knew that were there and he knew nothing from her and he was in New York, we were in Seattle and it was all by phone and he was just spot on. And so, and I've worked with a lot of psychic mediums over the time and th- sure there's some people who don't get it right. And that's more so because they are. Um, they're not in tune or they miss, they misread what it is or whatever. But, but a lot of these folks, it's absolutely real. And I can't, I cannot doubt it anymore. And I know that you've worked with a a bunch of psychic mediums and you are one yourself, by the way. I don't, I never claim to be people ask all the time. And it's because I have friends who are so gifted at it and I am not. But it's not uncommon that I'm with somebody and I'll be like, is your dad passed? <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, he's right there. He's just yeah. hanging out over your shoulder. Just just want to let you know your dad's here. And I don't, but I'm not a psychic I because there are people who are so, so, so gifted at it. And me, it's just random and things show up. And like I said, when you said, you have somebody with R, all of a sudden Robert popped into my head. It wasn't Robert, it was Roger. But, you know, it's like, 
And I thought, oh, it's her husband, Robert. But it it just is, uh, I'm not as, I'm not as accurate as those people are. So I never claim to be, but when you are as open to the other side, communication is just constant. It, and it really is. Now you're going to have to answer me a question here okay. because I do not understand why people have such resistance to the fact that my mother was a, a, um, a fundamentalist Christian her entire life. She believed she could talk to God through prayer. She did not believe God ever talked to her. When that conversation is consistent, it's ongoing, and it's continuous. Um, but she never would believe that. Uh, why is it that people put up those barriers, which, by the way, I, to my way of thinking, the other side gets very frustrated with because they want to communicate with us. Yeah, it's funny because people ask me, do you believe in tarot cards or angel numbers? Or I'm like, the other side is always trying to talk to you. Whatever, whatever way you'll listen. If it's angel numbers, great. They'll talk to you through that. If it's, you know, sending you bumper sticker flashes, they'll send it to you that way. It's always trying to talk to you. We just, we're the ones that put the block in. But, you know, especially those of us that were brought up in churches, we were told that there was a block between us and God, that we needed the priests to hear our confession and forgive us. Not God could hear our confession and forgive us. We needed the priests to administer sacrament or to bless your baby or give you whatever those things are. We put those people on a pedestal. And trust me, I graduated from the seminary. I'm a hospital chaplain. I understand that people find real comfort in those processes because they have never taken the time to open that dialogue. But Kevin, I will tell you, prayer is talking to God. Meditation is listening to God. And people who pray usually don't meditate and people who meditate don't pray. And yet they're the same. They're the same thing. It's speaking to the universe and listening to the universe. And it's an open dialogue. So, but when you're raised in a church that says only the priest can do this or the reverend or the nun or, or whatever it is, only they have the capability. Only they are holy enough or chosen. Now, Jesus said, don't put your light under a bushel. Everybody gets to light up and be who they are. And we don't need, you know, it's not like only the priests get to have their light out. We all get to have our light out. We all get that open communication. You just have to say, hey, I'm listening. It's amazing what will come. It, it really is. And when you, when you start looking at, uh, I, you know, I had to laugh because there, there are religious practices that will tell you that, that um, Jesus Christ was the son of God and that uh, his only son and that you're not, and that you're less than, and, and uh, you need to go through. But then in the Bible, in, when he taught the disciples how to pray, it starts with our father who art in heaven, not my father, who art in heaven, or the father, it was our father. And so I, that's, that's where, you know, when I first heard the philosophy that we are all one, it, it dawned on me at that point that that rings so true to me, that we are all, we're all one, we're all connected, we're all connected to the divine, and uh, we get to choose, and this, and this is a grand experiment. We get to choose what we want choose choose to do with it. We can exactly. do what I'm, we can do what you're doing or what I'm doing, which is to try and help people, or we can um, sit under a bridge and drink MD twenty twenty. That's our choice. I I actually do a meditation with people that that's uh, stop sleepwalking through life. It's, that's a great one. It's one of my favorites that I do, and one of the first things we do is once we get centered and quiet. We just say hi to our higher self. We just invite him, her, they, them in. Because with that, you're never going to be sleepwalking. 
you're always going to be growing, learning, moving forward. But there are so many people who are sleepwalking through life and just doing, remember what I told you, your subconscious wants, wants to keep you safe. It wants to keep you comfortable. Sleepwalkers are really safe and comfortable where they are. Yep. They aren't looking for healthy and happy. They just need to get through the day. And uh, it's funny because, of course, everyone who comes to the Stop Sleepwalking Through Life meditation isn't sleepwalking. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you couldn't get the ones that are actually are sleepwalking and they, they would not understand. They would not go there. They don't have a clue. They don't so, have a clue. Yeah. By the way, Tracy Hemingway, we've been talking again for an hour. And uh, it just, just goes so fast. Yeah. Um, go to Hemingway Hypnosis com to find out more about her and the work she does now where this is going to be on youtube it is now and we're as we're wrapping it up so go to youtube her last one got 2800 views in a week or a couple of weeks so so it's uh um i applaud who you are i thank you for being a friend and uh you'll come back on the show right Absolutely, Kevin. Well, you're going to be hypnotized next time. Remember? Oh, I forgot already. And so that, but no, I and I really want to do that because I, what I want to show the audience is number one, it's not scary. Yeah. It's it's not it's not something that you're you're out of control. Um, but there can be some profound things that come out of your face that wouldn't otherwise come out of your face. Then, if you, and, and since this is like second nature to me. Um, I don't think my, and it may get, it may get involved, but I don't think my, my, um, um, inner self would, would deny access to that information, whatever it is. No, you're pretty transparent. <laughs> Sadly, you know, it would, it, it, I never could lie. Well, if, if you read Neil Donald Walsh's most conversation with God, Book two is all about transparency. It's all about that. The whole theme of book two is transparency. Yep. And living, yeah, and living your life in a transparent way. So, Tracy, I would like to give you the opportunity to tell our audience anything that you'd like them to know over the next couple of moments that uh, can benefit them for either now or that they're listening to it or in the future. Something that the, they can take with them. So in my practice, I always say, I want for you what you want for you. I believe that God wants for you what you want for you. I believe your higher self wants for you what you want for you. And no matter where you are in your life right now, you are perfect. You are whole. You are complete. You are exactly where you need to be. But if you're still breathing, you're not done. There's still more to learn. There's still more joy to have. Embrace it. Let go of whatever's holding you back. Live life. Love your life. And find whatever it takes to get you to move forward. Have some fun. Beautifully said, my friend. Beautifully said. You know, um, and be careful. Also, be careful what you wish for because you'll get it. And it may not exactly be exactly how you expected it to be. I wanted to retire. So they said, okay, you're going to retire. But in order to do that, I had to take a couple of falls and have a couple of surgeries and, and all of that. And so then I was able to retire and do this. So, because this is what I believe, this is what they have in mind for me. This is what I should be doing. Well, I didn't find hypnosis until I was 50. So I was... You've been only doing it for a year. <laughs> oh, you're so kind, sweetheart. Um, but no, I didn't find it until I think I was 49. But it was, you know, 50 years old when it really changed my life. But I had spent 30 years studying world religions to get to where I am. So that because I got into it for the spiritual side, I do a lot of clinical work, but I got into it for the spiritual side because but I spent 30 years studying world religions in order to be the person I needed to be to have that open dialogue. We all, every experience in our life is designed to take us to the next place. Yeah. And without all of those experiences, uh, you couldn't, you wouldn't be where you are. No, absolutely not. And it's so important. So value yourself, value your experiences 
And uh, then, you know, like uh, walk out and say something nice to somebody. Be kind um, and uh, and take care of yourself. I, again, would like to thank Tracy Hemingway for being here. Go to Tracy, go to HemingwayHypnosis.com. She is, she is just awesome. And next time she's going to put me under hypnosis and I'm going to, I'm going to dance like a chicken. Yay! <laughs> I haven't danced like anything in like years. So, well, you good. know, the chicken dance is pretty good though. Yeah. It's a good <laughs> place to start. Exactly. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we go, my dear? I just appreciate you so much. Thank you for all the good you're putting out in the world, Kevin. And you as well. Together, I think we make a fine team. I believe so. Stay right where you are. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember... Be kind to one another because each other's all we 